1: Today, we are talking traffic congestion, and we're focusing in on a couple of possible solutions unveiled this morning by both municipal and provincial governments. Are they going to help? Are they going to create more bureaucracy and problems of their own? So we have new plans for for lights and lanes. The City of Toronto is expanding its signal retiming program. So in addition to the 337 lights that have already been retimed, the City is going to update another 357 lights. Meanwhile, the province, with great fanfare, announced Canada's first high-occupancy toll lanes. Are we all excited by this? Are we ready to shell out the cash for it? But we are going to look at what the city is doing first. And before we drill down to the details, uh, there's something I want to get to because the mayor, in announcing this program, is promising that all of this action is going to make getting around safer as well as quicker. And that is so important because yesterday we were talking about the 21 pedestrian traffic fatalities so far this year, most of them. Of course, Zoomers, that included a man in his 60s yesterday morning, as we just heard in Bob's news. Yes, last night, another elderly couple was struck by a car in Mississauga. So the safety piece is critical here. I want to hear from you on this business of the retiming of the lights. The numbers, once again, 3600740 or toll free, 1 866 740 4740. In the meantime, on the line, I have Steve Buckley, who is the General Manager of Toronto Transportation Services. Steve Buckley, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so give us a little bit of an overview of. The synchronizing of the lights. How is it going to work? How is it going to ease congestion?
2: So, basically, the intent here is that. Um, and we've probably all experienced this. In Many cases, um, you're trying to move along, and not necessarily speeding, but you're moving along, and you get a green light, and then as you're pulling up to the next light, it turns red. And uh, so what this is basically doing is, is there's tools out there, and they've been around for decades. Uh, we haven't necessarily been using them here in Toronto, but we're going through the city on a carter by carter basis, and looking at um, the traffic flows and the traffic patterns. And in many cases, the city's been changing over the last decade or so, so those patterns have changed, and it's simply uh, retiming the signals to allocate, allocate the green time to help traffic get moving um, not necessarily faster but at a safe and reasonable speed.
1: I, I have to say this so I, I have a couple of routes that I always use to get mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. and on the same route there are some days when literally I get a red light every block yep. and there are some days when I get a green light every block on the same routes. Can you explain that and is this something that the retiming
2: would help? It should, uh, but we do have parts of the city that actually are already using smart traffic signals. So those traffic signals were put in uh, in the late 90s using an older technology. And uh, those signals at about 330 locations throughout the city um, are are, uh, designed to sort of allocate green time to respond to real-time traffic flows. So I hear you on that issue. Um, What we're doing on some corridors that don't have smart signals, though, is just simply what we do look at is we look at um, trying to get – to reduce the delay as much as possible. So um, it should make traffic flow smoother in peak directions, providing benefit to the most people. Um, And typically what you will see is the lights often progress in sort of what we'll call a green wave. So as you're driving up to it, if you're in the front of the pack, it should turn green in front of you. Um, however, uh, you know, we will have locations where that's not always going to occur. When a major road hits a major road, um, uh, often we have to now share the time between two major roads. So that those types of things can often uh, disrupt, I'll say, smooth progressions on, on signaled corridors. So
1: where are these uh, lights going to be retimed? You said 17 major routes. So give us an idea of where. Yes.
2: Yeah, so uh, so the ones we did this year were... Uh, were uh, in, in many locations we um, this year we did Wellington and Front Street as an example we did sections of steels and um, and we have more lined up for this year uh, looking primarily at um, some of the major Carters I'm thinking of or I think uh, uh, and other sections of Steele's, uh, but there are 17 throughout the city, roughly 350 locations.
1: Okay. Uh, it's not all about me. I want to hear from our listeners, but say I, I we're here in Liberty Village. I get down to v- Liberty Village through the city, you know, sometimes Ossington, sometimes Dovercourt. These are, you know, s- s- they're not major arteries. They're smaller streets. So those are going to be untouched, I presume? Um typically
2: yes I mean again we have about 2300 signalized intersections throughout the city <clears throat> by the end of this coming year we should have about 1500 of them uh retimed now uh, we will tend to focus on larger roads so what we call major arterials so your king streets your you know your queen streets your vic parks your York Mills, those sorts of roads, the bigger roads. Um, And we do try to sort of get traffic moving along those. um, But we also are cognizant of cross streets. So communities often have to get in and out of their neighborhoods, and often pedestrians have to cross the street. So all of our signal timings, we try to strike the balance of keeping traffic moving, uh, but also providing ample opportunities for pedestrians to cross those major roads and for vehicles on side streets to get out as well.
1: And what about a street like Bathurst?
2: Uh, Bathurst is a uh, a unique one, and and it's one of the ones we're going to be looking at this year because it actually has something on it called transit signal priority. So um, a system that we've put in with TTC over over the past few decades uh, is intended to permit transit vehicles to get extensions on green lights um, uh, so that uh, they can get through intersections and we can keep the transit vehicles moving. Uh, We haven't had a really good software system that could handle modeling that too well, but we finally got one this year, and so we will be looking at going back and retiming many of those transit signal priority routes to help TTC on the surface run better.
1: Uh, Well, I've, I've got to tell you that the traffic on Bathurst is a mess. It's terrible.
2: Yeah, And and again, some of this is, you know, we're not stating that we're going to solve traffic congestion here. In many cases, the city continues to grow. The region continues to grow. Our roads do not continue to grow. So our goal is to basically, I'll say, minimize the needless delay that's out there. But it doesn't mean that we're going to see um, smooth traffic flowing throughout the city.
1: Okay. Uh, I I want to ask about legal left turns. Mm -hmm. So this is especially during the rush hour when you're on, um, you know, Say turning onto Bathurst. We've been talking about Bathurst. It's a very long street that goes through a, a, a large portion of the city. Uh, so you're trying to make a legal left turn onto Bathurst and or or, or a, a street like that, and there is either no advance green mm-hmm. or an advance mm-hmm. green that lasts ten seconds. Yep. Uh, are you doing anything about that?
2: Well, um, and this is the thing. This is In our world, when people say I'm being held up, they mean the route that I take. So um, anytime we put in specialized phases for left-turning vehicles, um, it takes green time off of the through movement. So there's only 60 seconds in a minute, um, and how we allocate that green time will impact congestion. So some of these locations, um, we've done things where we prohibit left turns during peak periods. and other locations, perhaps making left turns don't necessarily affect traffic flow. So um, as traffic patterns change, and that's the whole purpose of this signal retiming is we're going out there and we're seeing what are the conditions now? And if we are seeing things like increasing amounts of left turns, um, we will look at things like extending the amount of time we give to a left turn phase, or perhaps if there's less left left turning vehicles, we'll actually reduce the amount of time so we give more green time to through traffic. Does that make sense?
1: Um, yeah, except the situation now is at, yeah. at, at rush hour, say, there are, are not very many legal left turns on any given route. So there's one or there's two. And there is either, as I said, no advanced green or it's it's uh very very short and do you have people turning on a red light
2: yeah no it it's it's a balancing act here and and again, if we give more time to those left turning vehicles, those roads are going to back up more because we're getting less time to the through movements as well so um again we're in, we're we're in a situation where the streets that we have in Toronto, they're probably, particularly in the downtown core, they're not gonna be changing too much. There's this four-lane cross-section, and on many of these streets, we have streetcars. So when we do have locations where we permit left-turning vehicles on streetcar routes, often you can be holding up an entire streetcar that has 30, 40, 50 people in it. So again, we try to sort of uh, balance this as best we can. In most cases, there is no absolutely right solution, but our goal is to be out there more and more monitoring this stuff so that we're responding real-time to real traffic conditions.
1: Okay. So- Steve, I'm just going to give the numbers out again because I want to hear from our listeners out there if uh, they are hopeful about these changes. um, How congested is your particular route to work or to wherever you're going? Uh, The numbers 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. And again, We'd like to hear from you about the timing of the lights. Uh, Do you have issues with the routes that you take in the city of Toronto? And uh, are you hopeful that this is going to fix things? And Steve Buckley, uh, I'd like to address the issue of pedestrians in all of this. So are pedestrians using the signals properly? I mean, sometimes, you know, you're in the car and there are these waves of uh, pedestrians and, and they don't necessarily pay good attention to the lights either.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, again, our, our job is is finding that balance between mobility and safety. So safety is always a priority. Um, I think what we're seeing in, in our world, for better or for worse, everyone is uh, more hurried than ever. <clears throat> and so um, the one thing we are doing as we work, work our way through our signal timings is that we're increasing the amount of time that we provide to pedestrians to cross the s- street safely. We used to assume they moved about Uh, 1.3 meters per second. Our assumption now is that they're going to move at 1.0 meters per second. So we're giving them additional time to cross the street. Is that enough?
1: I I haven't timed it. As I've said many times on this program, I often see a very scary situation of an elderly person or a person uh, who has a bit of disability trying Mm -hmm. to cross the road and the light turns when they're, you know, barely... Into it, and and it's just frightening to watch.
2: Yeah, no. So I mean, ultimately, what we hope is that people. Um, there are rules about here for um, how to cross safely as a pedestrian. Um, you really should only enter the crosswalk when that the the um, the white person shows up on the pedestrian crosswalk and as soon as it starts flashing and counting down that's the that's the sign that you shouldn't be entering the crosswalk because um, what we don't want is we don't want people stuck in the intersection Um, now there's bad behavior all around here but you know we've all probably been there as well um, with people running into the intersection as it's winding down to three two one and and you know our our words here is to sort of not not cast blame but to get everyone to be a little bit more thoughtful about how they're moving out there just so we keep everyone safe. Okay,
1: and uh, so if people uh, just obeyed those traffic signals, do you think that it would cut down on the horrible increase we've had in pedestrian accidents, pedestrian deaths?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, obviously, uh, the, the more we can get everyone to behave well um, and follow the rules of the road, uh, that should reduce the risk. Um, another thing I'd like to mention, though, is we're also looking at certain locations where we do have high concentrations of seniors. And we're actually looking to take that that time uh, to cross the street uh, and during certain periods, give them even more time. So taking it down to 0.7 meters per second or something like that. So we're um, exploring that as part of the senior strategy.
1: Uh huh. Um, and which what, what areas are you looking at?
2: So uh, primarily our folks are starting to map locations in and around um, things like hospitals and senior facilities. They tend to be the first ones we'd want to target for something like that. Um, The one thing on the safety side that I will say is, and and this has sort of been, you know, probably the most glaring thing that we've seen over the past few years, is that um, on any given year we're seeing 70 to 80 percent of the pedestrian fatalities are people that are 55 and older. Yeah. And, as, and as you get older, um, you're becoming, uh, I'll say you're, you're, you're more susceptible to fatal injury, even at low, sp- uh, low speed collisions. So it's a group, of, uh, it's, it's, it's a group that makes up roughly 25% of the population, but they're showing up as 70 to 80% of the fatality. So um, it's a group we obviously want to do more outreach to um, and to sort of just remind them of the rules of the road and how they can be safe.
1: Okay. Um, Steve Buckley, uh, thank you very much for all of your input. Uh, It's a lot for us to think about. And uh, just before we go, uh, how, how long till these changes in the timing of the lights are all in?
2: So at this point, we we do data collection. The whole process takes us about six months. So we we wound up the 2015 program in January of this year, and we're embarking on the 2016 program. So the timing should start to be in place probably toward the end of this year, November, December, and January.
1: Okay. Uh, We'll check back with you to see how it's working. Steve Buckley, thanks very much.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1.